Most of the time, when you travel, you want to stay somewhere to escape the hustle and bustle, to rest and relax. However, sometimes the hotel itself is the destination. In this episode of the podcast, we dissect the new Atari hotel chain announcement, relive some of our own travel memories, and take a look at some of the most memorable themed hotels that ever existed. Do not disturb. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, did you leave the light on for me? <laughs> uh, this time. Yeah, this time I did. And I hung the uh, the maid service tag mm-hmm. on the doorknob so mm-hmm. I could get some turndown service and a little mints on the pillow, maybe. Something something nice. Nice. I See, I'm the exact opposite. Anytime I stay at a hotel, I always leave. Do not disturb on my door the entire time I'm there because I, I don't <laughs> want anybody going into it. Um, because I'm trying to save the environment. Whatnot. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's oh, well, I do. I, I am very conscious of the, the towel usage. Uh-huh. So I, I reuse my towels if I'm there for just a few days. Yeah. I, my favorite part about staying in hotels is the awkward, because I leave the, the thing on my door, is the awkward exchange of me going to the front desk and asking for toilet, and like a couple rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Whoa, dude, you burned through a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> hey, I talk about saving the environment, but not when it comes to TP, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, you know, so obviously this episode is going to be about hotels and some themed uh, examples, and we're doing it all because of the announcement recently of that there's going to be an Atari hotel chain, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, this kind of got me thinking all about different hotels I stayed at, traveling as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and some adventures and things like that. Do you have, did you travel a lot as a kid? I travel. well, I traveled all the time, um, having divorced parents. You know, always going back and forth for different summer and Christmas and spring break and stuff like that. But was it hotel worthy? Um, so most of the time I just flew by myself as a child. Wow, um, fancy pants on yeah. the airplane. Well, back then, <laughs> I'm sure it's different now, but back then, like, a parent would drop you off at the gate, right? Uh-huh. And then if there were, like, layovers in other cities and stuff, they have, like, a back room where they take all the kids that are by themselves. And uh, so you're just, like, hanging out with all these, like, juvenile delinquents watching cartoons and playing cards and stuff like that. Yeah, they made a movie about this called Unaccompanied Minors. Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. Is anyone in it? No, I don't remember. But okay. it was about these kids traveling without parents and mm. the hijinks they get into. Oh, dude, it was awesome. One time... My dad, I was going back to my mom's house, and my dad stopped by the bank um, uh, right before we went to the airport, and he took out, like, a couple hundred bucks, right? I was probably, like, 10 or mm-hmm. something, and um, I'm flying out of Key West, and I was, like, he handed it to me at the bank, said, here, here, hold on this for a second, and I put it in my pocket, and I was like, I'll remember, because back then, he could walk me onto the plane, and I was like, I'll remember this and give it to him on the plane and be like, ah, ha, ha, you forgot or whatever. Well, I forgot. And so I land in Miami and I didn't have, they didn't pick me up to like put me off to the side this time. So I'm walking around the Miami airport. I got, I got lost because that airport has like a lot of like tramways and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But eventually I found where I was going. And uh, so I just had like a couple hundred dollars cash on me as like a 10 year old kid in this airport. And uh, so I ate 
probably like 20 or 30 ice cream sandwiches <laughs> because there's a vending machine at my gate. Uh, and then as soon as like I landed, my, my dad had called my mom. And so we had to go and deposit the money at the uh, bank and stuff. But it was awesome. I figured you found the arcade and blew it all on no, Mortal Kombat. I, I had to, it, this would have been, pro- this would have been before Mortal Kombat was out. So, yeah. but I had to, I always like now, like as like when I started getting older in my teens, I would find my gate, then explore. Mm-hmm. But when I was that age, um, after I stopped being in those rooms, uh, I would find my gate and just stay there because I was worried I was going to miss my flight. So, um, but yeah, so outside of the, that kind of traveling, uh, you know, we, my, my mom, we would always go on vacation. Like, uh, you know, we lived in Tampa multiple times, uh, with my mom and, you know, Orlando's right there. Uh, we, even when we moved to Alabama, um, we would still go to Disney a, a good bit. I have tons of pictures like throughout the years of me and Disney and all the different parks. So did you, did you ever stay in one of their we did. like resort hotel things? Yeah. Um, we stayed at the Disney all-star music resort. Uh-huh. Um, and actually this summer, uh, I think my mom is going to take my daughter's uh, there also so uh, but yeah the Disney All-Star Music Resort it is kind of what we're going to talk about today uh, because it is a lightly themed hotel uh, so we have um, you have different genres of music and that kind of thing um, and so you have like country Broadway jazz rock uh, and you know you walk through like a jukebox or you know stuff like that um, but it is one of Disney's cheaper resorts that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice because it's like on grounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you can hop on the monorail. Yeah. So um, it was pretty awesome. Well, I never stayed in any of those themed hotels. I, I stayed in a lot of hotels and motels. Mm-hmm. I stayed in a lot of motels um, as a kid traveling between where we lived in uh, outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother lived in Mississippi. And then, you know, just different places along the way. And then fun times when I was a kid and uh, traveling for choir camps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for different youth group things with church and getting to stay in hotels. Um, I, I remember one of my favorite things about hotels in general. I didn't, like I said, I didn't say any themed hotels. But back when we were kids, right. almost every hotel, even if it was just a little closet had a had a game room oh yeah and had at least a couple of arcades it mm-hmm. could have been like the not great games um you know but for a quarter i, I would i would beg my mom for quarters mm-hmm. and i'd go find the snack machine the ice machine and the arcade games right away yeah the um that was finding the arcades was almost always a, a given for me and Pretty much every, even non, even not the themed hotels in Orlando, but pretty much every single hotel in Orlando has like a decent sized arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not going to say the games always worked in those in those arcades, <laughs> right. but um, but yeah, you could you could usually find a pretty decent selection of stuff at the very least. And I always hated it because um, usually I was playing by myself. There's always always an air hockey table in like one of those fun rooms, and I just always hated it because. To me, that was just dead space. And so I was always like, man, I wish something else cool was here. Yeah. As a kid, it was magical because um, you got to feel like you were more in control because you could control the air conditioner Mm -hmm. and you could go get the ice for the ice machine. And then uh, this was before cable was ubiquitous. And so like, ooh, cable channels. Whoa, that's awesome. 
uh, HBO. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And so that was always magical. Do you, I, I remember back then almost every hotel and motel had on their sign HBO yeah. or like 120 channels, uh-huh. you know, and I don't remember. I guess I haven't looked at hotels, but I, do you think that they still have that up or do you think they're just like, like what selling point do you think would be on their sign now? Clean rooms. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever, it, you know, they're always in movies. Did you ever stay at a motel that had one of the vibrating beds where you put a quarter in? I don't ever, well, not as a kid. When I when I was an adult, uh, it may have been in Montgomery. There was some city I went to at some point, and we stayed in the honeymoon suite, mm-hmm. and it had a heart shaped bed that vibrated. Uh-huh. But I don't remember. I don't remember what city it was in. I feel yeah. like it was Montgomery. I think I want to say that that was uh, featured in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh-huh. If people don't know what we're talking about, but I want to say I experienced that at least one time in some. By the roadside motel. Mm-hmm. You know, if you stay in a motel where the doors open up to the outside, it's always an adventure. Mm-hmm. But um, being on the lookout for that was was something special. I had I had family members uh, that at one point in my life that lived in like uh, a hotel that or I guess a motel where like, you know, they were basically apartments, you know, uh-huh. uh, but they were like they were hotel. They were hotel rooms. So, so a step before homelessness. Yeah. <laughs> Party time. <laughs> Hey, it, it's it, it was a family owned hotel. Okay, and so I'm sure I'm sure they were living it up. I had a friend when I lived um, in Mississippi, whose family owned the the Days Inn in mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. and they lived in the Days Inn. Like they had that was their they had a big you know it was a, a living area designed right. for them specifically mm-hmm. from scratch. So it wasn't like they just lived in a room. Like right. they had you know rooms within rooms and stuff. But it was it was always neat to me. To, to know that my buddy lived at that hotel. That's that's what I would... Well, see, I think... I feel like I would do the same thing, right? Because, like, my dream thing is if I ever win the lotto, I'm going to buy a skyscraper, right? Well, <laughs> at least when the lotto was at a billion dollars. Brian can have a whole podcast just about this topic. <laughs> I've listened to it. It's great. Uh, but so, like... But that's part of my thing is, like, I was, like... I would live in a place like that and just have, like, a really pimped out place to live at. But then, like, part of me... If if I owned the hotel at this point in my life, I would also have to be running that hotel, you know? <laughs> and so I don't know if I want to live at my job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, because if I was rich and I had a skyscraper, I, I would have a building manager, mm-hmm. you know, or a company that's doing that for me. So Now, I uh, like I said, I never stayed at any themed hotels. And we've already talked about growing up memories. But most recently, about a, about a year ago, I went to Washington, D.C., and I I stayed in this hotel that had a great rate, mm-hmm. and it was new. It was a, I think it was a Marriott property, and I'm, I should have done my research before. I'm blanking on— It was the Trump Hotel. No. The, I'm blanking on the, the new chain that it was, but the building was formerly a hostel. Oh, okay. And so it's—they have now rebranded themselves with this Marriott property where it's like hip ur- urbanites <laughs> who, like— they have Instagram selfie stations, mm-hmm. and when you check into the hotel, they don't have uh, a you know a greeting desk. Mm-hmm. They have a bar that serves alcoholic beverages, and you check in at the bar. That's cool. And they give you drink tokens, oh. and then they have like you know a hangout area right by the bar, and you know like giant sized uh, Connect Four, and then you go to your room. And I thought this was really weird. So the rooms are pretty compact. 
you know, they're, they're efficient use of space. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And so this one had uh, a bunk bed mm-hmm. thing, but, you know, like a queen size mattress style uh, size. So two queens. Basically. Huh. Or, or, or foals or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, but it was so weird because they had communal bathroom. ironing boards. Oh. But so, bathroom also, right? No, you had your own bathroom. Oh. But, he, but, but. That was my least favorite part. I'm glad I wasn't traveling with anyone. Your own bathroom was your least favorite. No, part. listen. Here's why: <laughs> because the walls for the bathroom mm-hmm. were like um, frosted uh-huh. glass. Yeah, yeah. And not even that frosted. So if if I was sharing with anybody, and I needed to do my business, yeah, like you could totally see what's going on in that bathroom. It's kind of creepy. There's there's um when I've gone on work trips to Vegas. I have never luck. I don't think I've ever done it. I but one of the hotels that we stay at, the bath like you know it's it's there's two people per room that are not family members, and some of the some of the bedrooms have a cutout like it's not a window because there's no glass there. Uh-huh. It's just a hole from the from the bathroom <laughs> to the. I actually I did stay in one of those rooms one time, but it's a hole in the wall from the bathroom to the bed area and so like it's just like all right don't look at me i'm about to take a shower <laughs> super annoying yeah so that's that was an adventure mm-hmm. I'm, i don't have too many <laughs> themed rest three hotels but that was certainly a unique experience so check out check that out well uh i don't want people to think that we have an intro for hours and hours so let's take a break and then we'll dive into the atari hotel announcement All right, so the thing that made me really want to talk about this topic uh, this week—it's an unusual topic. Yeah, it totally is. Um, but it's—it's it's such a cool. I think it's a cool idea. I'm worried about whether or not it gets pulled off, or how well it gets pulled off uh-huh. if it does. Right. Uh, so Atari announced a world-class video game theme hotel chain uh, that they're going to start uh, having to—they're going to start in Phoenix and. Mid 2020. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we have the press release here. I'm just going to talk, like, read over uh, just a little bit of it, just so you, if you haven't heard of this yet, you have an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, so Atari, one of the world's most iconic consumer brands and entertainment producers, today announced a deal with GSD Group, a leading innovation and strategy agency led by founder Shelly Murphy and partner Napoleon Smith III. <laughs> I just love that name, Napoleon Smith III. It's so, great. Oh, all right, I'll come back to that. But anyways, to acquire the rights to build video game-themed Atari hotels in the United States with the first location breaking ground in Phoenix, Arizona, later this year. Atari, a trailblazer in the gaming industry, is pioneering an exa- exciting new concept, a unique lodging experience combining the iconic brand with a one-of-a-kind video game-themed destination. Atari Hotels level up hotel ent- entertainment with fully immersive experiences for every age and gaming ability, including the, the latest in VR and AR, virtual and augmented reality. Select hotels will also feature state-of-the-art venues and studios to accommodate esports events. So, that sounds cool. 
It sounds like a good idea, right? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. The uh, so Napoleon Smith the uh, Third, you know, him being a part of this. I really don't know anything about Shelley Murphy, but in this press release later on down, they talk about something else that he helped reboot. Uh, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series? Oh yeah, the movies. Yeah, and man, the like I have, I don't think I saw part two of it of the new series, but the first one was so bad. And like the turtles are such a big part of my childhood, mm-hmm. much like Atari was. Uh, I just, I just it it puts fear in me. Well, I I don't know. I mean, they were on the level with like the Transformer movies. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it, it's okay. Like. I'm glad I grew up with what I did. It's okay that those exist. You know, what's weird to me is that for some kids, those turtles will be their turtles. I don't know. I it, I think most first I, impressions are huge. Yeah, but I think their first impression will be from the Nickelodeon shows. I think I think they will watch those shows and then also see the movie. Uh-huh. So um, we can only hope. Yeah, <laughs> I will say the mock-up that they have created for this hotel is awesome it is yeah. so awesome looking. it looks really really slick um you can go to atarihotels.com to check out the picture and the rest of the press release and stuff um for me what's crazy is like i think there just needs to be clarified that this isn't really atari doing mm-hmm. this okay right. atari as we knew and loved ceased to exist a long long time ago mm-hmm. And now it's basically just a holding company for naming rights. Right. And they and just license out. They just license out stuff. So so this GSD group that's uh, a leading in innovation strategy, they're the ones that are putting this together with – there's another group named down there, True North Studios. I don't know. A bunch of people putting together. But basically, Atari's just lending their name. Well, see, I, so I wonder um, – do you know about the new Atari VCS that's the like the uh, mini home console thing, right? It's 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 a new console that is basically supposed to be very open, and games don't have DLC or updates and stuff like that. Like they're trying to make it. So I, I wonder. There's just so many things. Do you know about the speaker hat? Oh yes, the speaker hat was a dumb the, idea. It, <laughs> it, had, it had it was like a regular baseball cap style hat uh-huh. that had speakers in the bill of yeah. the hat right yeah, yeah and it connected bluetooth to things uh-huh. and it has the atari logo on it uh-huh. uh so what i'm hoping is that when you walk in <laughs> you get your room key which looks like an atari cartridge okay. that be oh like? that'd be smart and then they also give you a speaker hat that you can then sync to your bluetooth uh f- or sync bluetooth to your phone and they'll walk around blast an atari 2600 like oh, sound effects oh my gosh and stuff. <laughs> that would be pretty great for some reason i, I doubt that's going to happen but that would be pretty pretty great and then everyone would have to have a view yeah so um so what's interesting too is another person they name in the press release is steve wozniak Mm -hmm. Um, i don't know his role in this whatsoever i'm sure it's very minimal um i'm sure they just have him involved just so they can say the name steve wozniak and Mm -hmm. his group but i think it's a cool little full circle thing because do you know steve wozniak's history with atari uh i don't i could not tell it to you off the top of my head i know i've read it before okay so one of the the earliest game that Atari made was, of course, Pong. Right, that mm-hmm. that's the one that blew up and went went really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but then their next hit after that was Breakout, and that's like an Arkanoid style game. You know, where you have a little paddle and a ball, and it goes and breaks bricks at the top of the screen. It's like one player Pong, but there's bricks yeah, instead there's a, of another paddle. There's a bunch of bricks at the mm-hmm. top. Yes. Um. So, a, a Jobs and 
Steve Wozniak worked on that together, and then they used the money they earned from that to start Apple. That's cool. Breakout, I loved Breakout when I was a kid. That was one of my favorite games. Oh, yeah. It was great. I played it in the arcade all the time and on my Atari. Well, it was so great because, you know, unlike games like, uh, you know, like Burger Time or, I don't know, later editions, Popeye or other things like that, because it was just, you know, rectangular shapes, Mm -hmm. it translated well from the arcade to the Atari computer. Like, the graphics were not important. So the gameplay was very, very, very similar and very basic. Easy to learn, hard to master, the perfect recipe for a video game. And and that gameplay style is still very popular because you still see apps all the time. Or, like, on Instagram, I see ads for games where it's basically the same idea. Like, you're breaking bricks and stuff like mm-hmm. that, shooting tons of balls or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, uh, the hotel says the first one is supposed to break ground in 2020 in Phoenix, Arizona. And the... Rest of them will be in, let's see, Las Vegas, Denver, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, San Francisco, and San Jose. So that's breaking ground in 2020. I don't know when they'll actually finish and will be open for business. But if you're in those cities, that looks like a fun destination. I get Vegas, Mm -hmm. right? Like going big in Vegas. I just don't understand. So, all right. Well, no, I, let me. I guess I can kind of see a trend, maybe convention cities. Like, I just, I just don't understand why Phoenix and Denver and Chicago, like, why they pick those cities. Phoenix is probably the most random out of all of them. Like, okay, so Las Vegas, we just mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. you go big, go home. Denver, that's a big convention city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, that's. You know, that's kind of one of the homes of coin-op, so I think that makes a little sense. History tie, plus it's a big city. Yeah. Um, but Atari was never based out of Chicago, were they? No. It was just always California. Shut up. <laughs> Austin, you know, that's that's uber hipster. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, of course. Seattle, same. San Francisco and San Jose are both, like, tech. Yeah. So I get that. Um, but Phoenix, man, that's like... I guess a lot of retirees I, <laughs> are familiar with Atari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like saying Albuquerque or something. I mean, it's just random. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to Albuquerque. I know we got some listeners out there. Or retirees. I can't wait till I am one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, I didn't see Atlanta on this list, so I'm a little bummed. Yeah, or, there's like no, no like southern cities. Like well, I guess outside of Austin, but yeah. I don't really consider Texas southern. Or East Coast cities. Right. Well, sh- Chicago. Chicago is not East Coast, bro. You don't that think is so? Mid- it's oh, Midwest. I guess, that, I guess that's true. <laughs> Do I need to pull out a map? <laughs> I've uh, only hung out in these bottom three states, my friend. Yeah. So it's, you know, they're going to have the eSports going. They're going to have VR, AR. They're going to have consoles in every room. Um, what, what would you like to see? Uh, so, what? I mean, hey, if they're doing VR and AR stuff, I think all that, sh- I think whatever they make, um, unless it's going to be, I can't remember what they call it, but you know, there's companies that do those, um, one-to-one things like where it's a VR experience where anything that's in the VR world is also in the actual room that you're playing. So like if you get close to a wall, you can put your hand out and there's actually a wall there and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. like the Ghostbusters thing and stuff like that. Uh, if, that's the void, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. If, if they do something like that, I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe like you're like Tron. 
<laughs> like if you're like going, if you get pulled into those classic games um, and then have to go through them, uh, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. And I think if they have, you know, ins- instead of just having meeting rooms, like uh, most hotels do with conference space, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just having a big ballroom, if they have it equipped for, you know, audience uh, centric esports, yeah, where they have performance stuff up, up on the stage and then they have people that can watch. I think it'd be cool to, you know, have competitions across the country where it's kind of linked. Like you got the the Nintendo World Championships mm-hmm. at each of those hotel locations all competing at once. Right. Yeah, like I just... It, it's hard for me because I want it, since it's an Atari-branded hotel, I want it to, to have like a retro vibe. Mm-hmm. What if like... It was just wood paneling, a wood grain everywhere, and then like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that can be one of the 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 rooms. The, yeah, the different suites you can uh-huh. choose was, because at at some point Napoleon Smith the third specifically talks about how uh, he says something like um, uh, I, don't, I can't find it right now, but he says that how cool would it be to to stay inside of an Atari, right? Uh, oh, that's what he says. Let's face it. How cool will how cool will it be to stay inside of Atari? So, like, what if like the floor is like circuit boards, or you know, like like I don't know. It'd be cool. It's like you're in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be neat. Like like just thinking about staying inside of an Atari. I think they could do a lot of really cool stuff with it. I mean, the mock up looks really great, uh, but it, it, other than the giant Atari logo, it doesn't really scream Atari to me. Hey, look, man. Field trip to Phoenix. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. I'm down for that. We can do like a live on <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> it'll, uh, it'll be Way really back cool. attack live from the Atari Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. Let's do it. All right. Well, mark your calendars for never. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do it. I hope they I do hope it. They do. A new family retreat. Each room is a suite. Dine with tunes. TVs in each room. Two pools, it's out of sight. Live shows every night. Water slides and basketball. The Nick Hotel has got it all. Parents can log on to www.nickhotel.com. All right, so I wish I could speak from experience with these hotels, but like I said at the top of the show, I've never actually stayed in a themed hotel. But knowing that this was this podcast episode theme of the week, I looked around and I picked some darlings that I wish I could have experienced mm-hmm. or want to stay at in the future. And the the first one I saw, Nickelodeon Family Suites by Holiday Inn mm-hmm. or Nickelodeon Suites Resorts. So this is in the city that I think embodies themed destinations the most and that is the city of Orlando. 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 I love Orlando. Yeah, it's it it seems like a no-brainer for a hotel like this to go there because you already have Nickelodeon Studios at Universal, right? Yeah, totally. Um so this one the hotel was not originally it was not built to be a Nickelodeon hotel. Right. It was modified. So the original hotel opened up in uh, 1999, and it was just Holiday Inn Family Suites. But then in 2005, after $25 million renovation, 
it opened Memorial Day weekend to be the 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 Nickelodeon destination that we all hopefully know and love. Um, this was it's it was cool to watch some videos of this because this era of Nickelodeon is kind of it wasn't my era of Nickelodeon, but that was I had my oldest daughter in two thousand five, right? And so th- the the characters they started depicting were the characters that I started watching when she was when she was growing up, which were um, SpongeBob, of, of course. SpongeBob was like their Mickey Mouse. Right, uh-huh. Um, and then you had other things across all kinds of spectrum, but we we watched the Backyardigans, so yeah. seeing that they had like live-action characters of the Backyardigans uh-huh. was pretty cool. Uh, I even saw a, um, oh, Wonder Pets. They had some Wonder Pets. Did you okay. ever watch Wonder Pets? No. Oh, so like all of the all, all of those shows my like my oldest daughter was born in 2011 mm-hmm. and so uh and then by the time she was born i didn't have cable right so like we just watched things on on netflix mm-hmm. so it was like um, I, I didn't i i luckily missed out on all this stuff um i understand the importance of spongebob uh-huh. and it's like it's crazy to me how popular still spongebob is today like this is how clueless I was of this stuff. I used to chaperone youth church trips and stuff. I used to be involved with, with that kind of stuff. And one time we went to Universal Studios. And at the height of SpongeBob's popularity, uh, we went to some game show they were doing. And this usher stopped me and said, hey, man, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> he went, SpongeBob SquarePants. That's who. Don't forget it. And I said, okay. And so we went and watched the game show. And then when we were leaving, he stopped me again and said, hey, man, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? And I was like, I'm sorry. I totally forgot who that was. <laughs> he was like, it's SpongeBob SquarePants. Don't forget it. And I never will because of that. Oh, so, that's hilarious. Yeah. But like, that, so I, all these like bubble guppies. Uh, and, and stuff like that like I know them more for their video games like I know Wonder Pets are like guinea pigs and stuff you know so so this hotel had it had it all it had a food court <laughs> it had a 4D movie theater it had two water parks um, it would drop slime on you it had live game shows uh, I think it started off with Nick Live uh-huh. and then Who Knows Best which was like it was like a the honeymoon or what you, the newlywed game, but for families, right? right? Like you mm-hmm. see yep. which family knows each other better. I, and, I I think that having stuff like that is totally on brand for Nickelodeon uh-huh. because when I was a kid, like I think of like Double Dare and right. uh, Hidden Temple and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was important that they have that kind of stuff, and uh, you know they tried to make it feel all inclusive, like you could you could stay. That could be your destination. Right. I mean, that was the whole mm-hmm. thing. But uh, I've heard some criticism that. Uh, it felt a little claustrophobic because, because, you know, most hotel resorts that are like that are also by the ocean. Right. And you get to feel a little more relaxed and uh, do some other activities. But this one was just kind of uh, in the middle of Orlando. Yes. Yeah. And, and they had big pools, right? They uh-huh. had water park-ish things, right? Yeah. But, like, 
the, they they did a thing and they had at one point they had this like contest where they won a Guinness Book of World Records and they had 1,394 participants there. I just could not imagine that many people because that this hotel was big, but mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine that many people crammed into this. I assume they did it in the water area uh, because it's outdoors, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I forget how many rooms they had, but it was it was a lot of rooms. If you think. Let's say they had 700 rooms, then four families per room. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So I guess they can do it, but I, I would not want to be there. That would right. be miserable. One, one of the big criticisms I saw of this place too was uh, it kind of fell into disrepair like, yeah. fairly quickly. It's, uh, so one of the reasons I never really go to a, uh, a themed hotel or something mm-hmm. like that is because I am just not – of the Orlando variety. Like right. I, I think it's kitsch uh-huh. and I can tell when stuff was manufactured mm-hmm. for fun. And it just seems so inauthentic to me. It just is like, it's just like schmaltzy. If that's a word to describe it, it's yeah. just, it's goofy. Well, so, so I, I don't know. I can see it both ways. It, so if it falls into disrepair, uh-huh. yeah, I totally get that. But, you know, Disney has that Star Wars hotel opening up next year. And, like, I want to be one of the first people there because I want to see it pristine and uh-huh. brand new. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want it. I want to be feel like it is all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they picture it as being like a cruise. Mm-hmm. Like, that is where you're staying and you're doing everything. Yeah. And so I want it. I want that. Right. Well, you know, I'll do things for my kids. And I may have gone to this uh, if I had really thought about it. But it just didn't it didn't lend itself to an opportunity. One thing I thought was interesting about, about this hotel and resort was that it was, it opened up in 2005. Mm. And I think it was later that year, (laughs) (laughs) later that year that the whole tie in with universal because the Nickelodeon studios was in universal that basically ended because Nick studios shut down. Yeah. So what was, what I thought was actually cool about this though, was that, when the studio shut down, they removed a time capsule that had been um, buried at the studio, and they moved it over to the resort. So it was now the new home of all the hopes and dreams of countless kids who voted for what to put into the time capsule, like VHS tapes and who knows whatever pop culture stuff. And it's supposed to be open 50 years later, so like I think they did it in the 90s, so sometime mm-hmm. in the 2040s it'll be um, unearthed. But now... <laughs> Bad news, guys. If you're hoping, if if we were building up the Nick Studio, uh, the, the the Nick Resort for you, bad news, it is no longer in existence. Um, that's not to say that there aren't Nickelodeon properties out there. It's just this one is no longer a mm-hmm. Nickelodeon Studios uh, resort, and so they had to move the they had to move the time capsule once again, and now it is in the Nickelodeon Animation Studio in Burbank, California. Mm. You know. Have have you looked at these other Nickelodeon resorts that they have? Yeah, they're they're a lot classier. Yeah, they are super fancy, and they have a pineapple on the sea. Yeah, and it's it is also somewhat kitschy, but Mm -hmm. very less so. Like this, this was neon orange. Yeah, and just 
it felt dated the minute it was built. The the costumes, <laughs> the the costumes that the people were wearing, like the Dora the Explorer ones and stuff like that, were also terrifying. Like, you know, if you look at if you've seen those early Mickey Mouse uh-huh. costumes and like how terrifying those are, mm-hmm. it took Disney a long time to get those costumes looking right. Yeah. And Nickelodeon did the, at this resort did not have the time to make those costumes look right. Right. Well, um, I, I, part of me is sad that I missed it, and part of me is not. But I'm, I'll say this, I'm glad it existed. Yeah, me too. Wow. We made it! It's amazing. That was incredible. The Lego Movie World, now open only at Legoland Florida Resort. I love your hair, man. All right, so a really awesome themed hotel um, that is also a resort, but this one is actually like a resort resort, like it has an actual like theme park and stuff attached to it. Um, it is also in Florida. It's right outside of... Um, of Orlando, uh, and it's called the Lego Land Florida Hotel and Resort, and uh, basically this this location has tons of history. Do you know anything about it? No, I mean I know I know what Lego Land is. I know about the theme park. Mm-hmm. I know we have kind of one here in, in Atlanta. Yeah, right? yeah. So in one of the malls in Atlanta, yeah. there's there is a Lego Land Phipps Plaza. Uh huh. But um, no, I didn't. I didn't know there was a whole resort until today. Okay, so um, this this place is in Winter Haven, Florida, and if when I was a kid, uh, and I, I lived in Tampa uh, a couple times, and we used to go to Bush Gardens all the time, and part of the Bush Gardens family f- for me was Cypress Gardens, and um, so learning about uh, Legoland, they they wound up buying the Cypress Gardens land and, and the area that all, all that took and they incorporated that into uh, the resort part of the Legoland ah. Hotel Resort. Um, so uh, Cypress Gardens is cool. It is it, it was a place that kind of took the natural beauty of Florida and uh, it was something Cypress Gardens was started like back in 1936. Oh, wow. Right? And basically it, it was... I thought Orlando was just a swamp back then. Well, it was. this. So Cypress Gardens was like the first tourist attraction. Oh, cool. Uh, for Florida. And um, uh, Dick Pope Sr. and his wife, Julie, uh, were living there. And Julie had read someplace that um, some family had made a ton of money from having a garden area and then charging people to come see it. So huh. she was like, Hey, we should do this too on, on this land. And so they're like, okay, like, you know, all you have to do is just maintain a garden, like a big garden. Right. And so when it started off, it was only like five acres, but it wound up being like, it was like a couple hundred acres by the, by the time that they got done doing everything. Um, but Cypress gardens was such a destination uh, that like, uh, Johnny Carson did like a thing there. Um, you had Elvis went down there. Like all these people uh, would go down there um, 
and uh, and do stuff. There was movies filmed at Cypress Gardens and, and that kind of thing. So uh, basically, uh, they did that for a while. They they did this thing where it was like bells, like Southern bells and, and that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that that started was they had an issue. Like, you know, every year, like sometimes they would get hit by hurricanes because it's like right in the center of Florida. And so some of the gardens would get damaged. They had an issue where there was these vines like at the front gate and they were opening for the season, but the vines were all messed up. And so what they did is um, uh, Julie was like, hey, let's get these girls to wear hoop dresses and they can cover up these messed up vines. And so it started this new tradition there where they had Southern Bells sit with all the flowers and stuff like that because people would pay to like come and drive around and walk the gardens. And it was like on a lake. And so you had like water skiing shows and stuff like that. Right. Uh huh. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, some time went on, um, you had, uh, eventually in, I think the eighties, um, you had, uh, yeah, eight and 89, uh, Anheuser-Busch bought it and brought it into like the Bush gardens family. Uh, and so they bought it from, from that family. I think Dick Pope senior had, I think he died, but Dick Pope jr. Was running it at the time. And then he sold it to, to Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch ran it for uh, a while uh, until um, 2004. And then um, Wild Adventures. Have you ever heard of Wild Adventures? No, not it's, really. It's kind of like a roller. It's like a theme park and zoo that's in Valdosta. Okay. But they bought it. Oh. And then made it part of their thing. Weird. Uh, and then in, um, in 2008. Uh, Legoland. Legoland bought it. And they, they brought it into... Um, into their whole thing. So uh, what they did was Legoland created that now they have like a whole series of these themed hotels. And so you have the Legoland hotel, Florida hotel, uh, which, you know, it is when you see this place, like it's like got columns and everything that are, that are all made out of Legos. It's it's, if you've ever been to like a Lego store, how they have those giant statues Mm -hmm. uh, of stuff that's made out of Legos. Um, But they have, you can stay at this hotel and it's attached to uh, this resort that has like all these roller coasters and water parks and stuff like that. Um, and so the, they do their own entertainment stuff and like events, like they have, you know, meet and greets w- with, with different Lego like figures and stuff. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm going to stop <laughs> okay. you right okay. there because all right. It looks fun. Uh-huh. I'm glad people go there. I'm glad they have fun. Lego to me, as a brand, yeah, I like doing the Legos. I like constructing the bricks to build stuff. I think that's great. Additionally, I also think the Lego movies are very enjoyable. Uh-huh. I like them. I don't think Lego of like as a property, right? Like, okay, I, how do I verbalize this? You ever been to New York City, Times yes. Square? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last few times I went there, I realized that off of Times Square, there's a M&M store, mm-hmm. and it's like three stories tall, right? and it's devoted to nothing but M&M's brand stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm like, stop trying to make this a thing. It's not a thing. People aren't clamoring for M&M's merch. I can, I can see that for M&M's. I will say there's M&M video games. Uh, okay but that's because they're trying to force it to be a thing it's not a thing but legos are legos are like they did they didn't do a toys that made us on legos did they legos okay 
much respect for Legos. They are a great toy, but it's like trying to make like Lincoln Log a thing. Like, come check out the Lincoln Log Resort. Yeah, but there's like everything's a whole, made like Lincoln Logs. But you have to think like Lego exists <laughs> as more than just the toy. It is like there are cartoons. You know, like Ninjago and stuff like, and then you have the movies. But you also have like Lego Friends. Cart- have you ever watched those? Mm-mm. It's it's like a girls' cartoon, uh, typically, and um, like they they have branched that out a lot. And like my my girls love Ninjago, and then also the Lego Friends cartoon as well. So. I, I like know. so I would take my kids to this because they actually opened up a Ninjago part of the park and they would love it. Look, I I am very happy that people enjoy this. I realize that I am in the very 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 small <laughs> minority, but I'm just not buying it, man. Well, the cool thing about this place is it has rides like roller coasters. Oh, I'm down for stuff. that, for sure. And but but their whole thing is they don't want teenagers. That I saw an interview with with the general manager, um, with uh, Rex Jackson, <laughs> and he he says he says teenagers are going to want stuff that's faster than what they're doing, and they're going to want a different theme park. What he wants are the kids, uh-huh. and and so like that's the main thing they focus on. Like when you're waiting in line, there's tons of like you know how like Disney has like you're in that yeah environment right. when you're waiting in line. Legoland, while you're waiting in line, you have interactive things to do while you're waiting in line because, like, kids want to do things, right? Um, he's pretty dope. They don't want, they do not sell these things, but he has these cufflinks that are um, a Lego brick, and then it has like he has like an A uh, or a, an R and a J, um, like little pieces on each of them. It's pretty awesome. Are you gonna try to get some of those? <sighs> he. I, I'm not going to get them because I, I saw the interview that I saw was with a news anchor and he asked the news anchor if he wanted some. He said he would love them. And then when the story was over, the anchor was like, and I'm still waiting on those couplings. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I know he's not going to get them, but they do cool stuff. Like um, everybody that works there on their name badge, they have a minifig and they trade like kids will come up to them because everyone has i guess maybe you get one with a ticket or whatever mm-hmm. and so kids will go around the park and trade with the people that work there oh and that's so, cool and you know that so you're just passing that stuff around so um but yeah i think it's a really cool uh theme park they also have legoland florida resort and there's other legolands across the world it's mm-hmm. not just this place right so it's very similar to like a disney thing um but they have the legoland florida hotel and then they also have the Legoland Beach Retreat, um, which is uh, – this is all part of the same resort area. And the beach retreats are bungalows that are made out of Legos, or mm. they look like they're made out of Legos. Uh-huh. Um, but they're all themed like um, like everything is brightly colored and beach-themed. Uh, and then um, – and then they also have the Legoland Pirate Island Hotel. So everything in that is all like if you think of like those the palm tree Lego pieces and stuff like that, like that that's all inside the room and it's it's crazy looking. It's all pirate um figures and stuff like that. So um you know, and all that is that actually that Pirate Island Hotel opens this year um on April 17th, tax day. Oh, wow. So save that tax (laughs) refund and be one of the first people to stay at Legoland Pirate Island Hotel so you don't get the rundown. (laughs) Well, my sister had the uh, pirate ship set as a kid. Yeah. That's that. that. You're just living in that. Yeah, I might have to go check that out. Uh, I'll I'll give this one the benefit of the doubt, but if they ever start an M&M's resort, I am am out. Yeah, see, I just... (laughs) 
I think Legos have, I think they're more iconic than M&M's. No doubt. <laughs> they have more personality. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, something I will say that I think is cool is that this, um, this new pirates, uh, the new pirate um, place uh, that they have opening up opens up April 17th, 2020. Um, do you remember what day your Nicktoons place closed down? Uh, no. It was April 18th. Oh, wow. So let's hope that this one fares a little bit better uh, for, for their future. So I think it will. Welcome to the Nitro Grill. And let's get ready to party. First play. Very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sting. And welcome to the Nitro Grill. I haven't seen the menu yet, but I hope there's something that has my name or likeness on it somewhere. Big sexy Kevin Nash. Sting, just for your information, there is the Stinger Lima Bean Casserole on the menu. Kevin Eubanks from the Tonight Show Band. This place is going to do nothing but get bigger and better. The Nitro Grill is open, and it's hot. We're sure it's going to be a good time. And watch Monday night on the Tonight Show and see some great wrestling. Okay, so my next pick is probably one that a lot of our listeners have been to. It's a big destination when you travel to Las Vegas, and that is the Excalibur Hotel and Casino. Um, it's it's really uh, iconic looking. It looks like a gigantic castle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the whole Arthurian legend thing going for it. Merlin, the knights. Um, it, it's it's really cool. It opened up in um, I want to say 1990. Uh, yeah, June 19th, 1990. And it was on the the site that was f- supposed to be Xanadu Resort, but uh, it never happened. So this thing's been been uh, around for a while and is still in operation. Yeah, I, so I've I've walked through it multiple times. I will say it definitely stands out because most hotels on the Strip, because uh, they're all connected, mm-hmm. most hotels on the Strip try to go for like a super classy type of thing, like uh, you know, like high roller class stuff where and then you walk into this hotel and it's like oh i walked into medieval times yeah Yeah, and we actually have a medieval times uh near where we live and so i i can kind of get the vibe looking at these videos online and knowing what i've experienced by walking into a medieval times just getting that feeling and it's a cool feeling i i would think if i were a kid and my family wanted to stay there that'd be pretty sweet Mm -hmm. i don't know that i'd go there personally but um since you've been there you know, what are some things, what are some of the iconic attractions? Like, what's, what do you do there besides just gamble? Uh, well, it's mostly, well, mostly so, gambling. Yeah, it's mostly gambling. <laughs> like, I, I, whenever I'm in Vegas, I never go to shows or anything like that. Um, but, like, like I have, I have, that, the reason that that place stands out is because they have, like, the walls, like, the, like up above like the game, the game rooms and stuff like that mm-hmm. is, like, it's painted like a castle. It's not like, it's not like a theme park, right? Where it is 
designed to look like a castle. They just painted the inside of a building to look like a castle, basically. And so, um, so you it, there is just this huge juxta- juxtaposition from like the other hotels that you've been in mm-hmm. to going to this hotel because they're trying to stick to like this really outlandish theme compared to the, all the other ones. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of what drew me to this one as opposed to anything else mm-hmm. is just it's it embraces kind of its cheesiness. Yeah. And uh, it, it stands out in that way. It's no Circus Circus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says Circus Circus Enterprises constructed Excalibur, so mm-hmm. they're tied together. Um, and let's see. It's got 4,000 rooms covering 70 acres. And as of 2016, it's the seventh largest hotel by number of rooms in Las Vegas and the 11th largest hotel worldwide, which that seems weird. It didn't look that big, but what do I know? You know, it's tall probably because i've i've only ever like walked through it i've never like gone up it dude so. you should be on like they should use that quote on like all their marketing materials <laughs> excalibur hotel and resort quote it's tall brian grantham i love it well look i can't i can only talk about turrets and and knights of the round table for so long i honestly i didn't pick this one for that i picked this one because in 1999, <laughs> the casino partnered with World Championship Wrestling to open the WCW Nitro Grill. Because whenever you think of castles and King Arthur, you think of WCW Nitro Grill. I was trying to think of someone that was nightly in, in WCW, <laughs> and I cannot come up with anybody. Um it's Lord so, Pummelfist. It is so crazy to me that that late in WCW's lifespan, because they two years later they were gone, and it's so crazy to me that that late that they were thinking about trying to pull off something of this of this caliber, basically. Yeah. So for those of you you know who, who are wondering what's going on here, it's basically like WCW was trying to get its own Hard Rock Cafe or Planet Hollywood or whatever going on. And so they just had a themed restaurant inexplicably in the Excalibur <laughs> Hotel and Casino. Um, and this is, of course, with, as the name implies, during their Nitro era. And so you had Big Papa Pump and you had uh, Kevin Nash, Sting in his uh, Crow era phase, Goldberg. It was in your face, extreme eatery. I will say it looks cool. There is some, uh, they have like photos of like what it was like inside the WCW Nitro Grill. And, you know, it does look cool because it has like, it looks like you're walking into, uh, into like the wrestling like arena or whatever because they have like the the metal risers and all like the stage lights. Yeah, they got the like scapholding yep. up, mm-hmm. up top. Um, one of the rooms, I don't know where it is. I'm looking at the picture. It looks like you're entering the Stargate. <laughs> it looks pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Um a lot of just like Ed Hardy style type of artwork though. You know, flames and that, well, that very nineties. That was that time period. Very nineties. Like I think it would be awesome if like when you walked in, you had to like say, I I'm with I'm with NWO or like this. And so when you <laughs> walked out, like cause cause so the Stargate thing you're talking about is like it's basically where the wrestlers would walk out from backstage. And so like if you like would walk in and be like like that would be so awesome. Like you're walking to your seat. What kind of wrestling are you watching over there? Dude, that's what it was back then. Cause so I that was like my like I watched WWF when I was a little kid. 
And then when I was in high school, I watched. I was all about WCW because it had all the people from WWF. Basically, that, I, I got to be honest. That was past my era. I was. I watched WWF uh, in the early '90s with like Big Boss Man and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And of course, in the '80s, as a kid with the the um, you know Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling and all that. Right. And then some of the Andre the Giant WrestleManias and things like that. But anyway, by by the time I was, you know, fourteen. In 1994, I was totally done with wrestling. I I was aware of it, but I, I didn't watch it all. It's, and I completely missed WCW because I, I thought of it. I was one of those guys that thought of it as second rate, honestly. No way. They had, they like, <laughs> Eric Bischoff was, like, stealing people from WWF. Uh-huh. And just, there's a lot of really cool documentaries. That's where I'll leave it. There's a bunch of really cool documentaries <laughs> that you can watch of, like, stuff that happened back in that time. Uh, like, there's a really good one with Bret Hart that you should check out um, about the drama between those two companies. Uh, but it was... It was way. I I don't watch it nowadays, but from what I understand, the writing nowadays is not very good. And back then, like it was amazing. Well, I guess not at this point. This was too late in in WCW's lifestyle. But like ninety six, ninety seven, wow, crazy. Well, I'm I'm going to be willing to give them a shot based on their menu titles alone. I'm looking here at a scan of the menu, and they have such fantastic fare. well, well, first off, you should note that instead of saying normal things like appetizer or, or uh, entree, they have undercard and main event. And you can't just have super salad. you got to have Nature Boy's super salad. But look, listen to some stuff they've got. they got clothesline quesadilla, macho man nachos, the starcade Caesar salad, the slam and steak salad, um... Oh, here's uh, here's Sting staring at me with a baseball bat. And they've got Half Nelson kicking chicken, uh, figure four fajitas. I mean, this is fantastic stuff. I, I will say I wish that their pun game was a little bit more on point because, like, you talked about the Macho Man nachos. It should have just been the Nachos Man, you know, like <laughs> like just something like – I mean, I get you have – you own the license, so why not use their names, but – I don't know, stuff like the Hogan Burger and the Sting Burger. Like, I just wish that there would have been a little bit more originality with, with the naming of stuff. Oh, look at that. Come on. You got the Booker T-Bone. That's good. That's, that is good. I like I that one. I will give you that one. And all the diamond plate decorations and flames you can imagine. There's DDP staring at me. He lives around here. Yeah. So, I mean, look, of all the things that we're going to talk about tonight, this is probably, honestly, no lie. This is probably the one thing I actually wish I could go visit that still was still around, but it is not. Sadly, it it did not last very long, and uh, it closed. When did it close? I don't know. Sometimes shortly after that, two thousand September two thousand closed in part due to WCW's financial problems. Yeah, so it was only open a year. Yeah, that's man, a shame. What a year of glory! I know. <laughs> <laughs> if this had if they had done this four years earlier, it, you would have probably had a like. Like more than one of these restaurants open up. Oh man, I can only dream.
Okay, I know I just gave an entry, but I know you've got a lot to say about our last pick. So before we get that in, I wanted to give a shout out to an honorable mention, um, and that is going to be Trader Vic's. Do you know anything about Trader Vic's? Uh, I know you can get drinks there, and that's about it. Yeah. So the reason it's an honorable mention is, uh, and the reason I wanted to talk to it talk right after a WCW Nitro Grill is because it itself is not a uh, a themed hotel. Uh-huh. It is a themed restaurant that was often tied to a hotel um, with a lot of Hilton properties, and it is a tiki bar. Okay. So tiki bars. Um, you know, Polynesian themed restaurants that, you know, have a lot of bamboo mm-hmm. and like fish on the walls. And it's supposed to evoke the vibe of the Polynesian islands, um, South Pacific, that type of stuff. Usually have like tiki masks and yeah. that kind of thing. And then they serve drinks with like fruit on the side and little umbrellas and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were tied a lot to, like I said, the. Hilton Hotels, um, they had dozens and dozens and dozens of of hotels uh, that had that had uh, Trader Vic's attached to them. Now, in America, there are only three locations at all, and Atlanta, where we live, is one of the lucky remaining Trader Vic's. Why do you think that they all the other ones went out of favor? I, well, I think that they went out of favor because it's just a it was so kitschy it was kitschy and not yeah it just fell out of favor like that whole vibe was gone don't get me wrong it's totally experience in renaissance right now yeah that is true the tiki lifestyle the tiki uh-huh. bars you and i have two friends yep. uh um, that like that's their jam they'll go to disney world or epcot or wherever it is just to go to that tiki bar oh I hey, I I feel them with that because that when that tiki bar was in um, downtown Disney, uh-huh. that was awesome. Okay, but um, but yeah, I just I I feel like it's so like a tiki bar is so different than what most bars you would go to. I guess it would you weren't you wouldn't go. I guess the reason they would fall out of favor it's not somewhere where like most people would go to like meet somebody. Yeah, right, and so it would only be an event to go do mm-hmm. that or whatever, you know? So arguably there's debate about this. Apparently there's a whole thing in Tiki culture. Arguably, uh, they were the inventor. Trader Vic was the inventor of the Mai Tai. And so mm. that is the signature drink of Trader Vic's. When you go there, if you've never been to one and you go there, you have to try a Mai Tai. It's so, so good. Um, and the, the restaurants are, like I said, themed with, bamboo and like nautical stuff and like blowfish on the wall Mm -hmm. and what i love about the one we have in atlanta at the hilton downtown atlanta is it was built in the 1970s but tiki culture like it hit its peak in the 50s you know people had uh you know servicemen came back from serving in the south pacific Mm -hmm. they kind of wanted that vibe what's crazy to me is that uh tiki culture we didn't like transport it from the Polynesian islands to America. We manufactured it in America Uh and then it spread out across the world and actually like replicated itself in those resort places because that's what Americans wanted. Right. Uh, They wanted a specific feeling, but anyway, so 
this one in Atlanta that I've gone to, it was built in like the seventies. Um, let's see when, when, when was it built? Uh, come on. I'm missing it. Okay. 1976. Okay. It was built in 76 and it is from what I've read in articles. Cause there was recently an article, um, about it untouched since it, hmm. since it was established. So it feels like, even though it was built in the seventies, it feels like the fifties. Like when you're right. sitting in it, mm-hmm. you feel like Don Draper could just walk <laughs> up from Mad Men and feel totally at home. It's cheesy and schmaltzy in all the perfect ways. And it, it just, it really does evoke a vibe and it is so cool. And it is so good. They have, uh, these, uh, wood fired, uh, this unique way to, to like s- cook meat with these wood fired ovens. Uh-huh. And it makes the whole, the whole hotel smell like this wood fired oven. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's expensive as heck, but if you can go check it out. So why, so th- they started in Hilton hotels. Uh, I don't think they did, but they had a big outpouring of w- when they did their branching out. Right. When it was ho- added on. It was to a added on to a Hilton or hmm. constructed with that in mind. Okay. So that's strange. Do you know where the other two are? Uh, yeah. So it's really. I'll only catch it as the they have their original flagship location in Emeryville, California, um, and then they have the uh, they have one in the airport. It says. Uh, San Jose, California. So I don't really like huh. that one, but they have some still uh, around the world. They got some in Dubai and Riyadh, um, Bangkok, Tokyo, London, Munich. But the American ones were basically just those two in the airport. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I'll send you an article, man. It's a really good read. Do, is there? Do they do any shows at all, or is it just just like? No, yeah, it's just okay. It's just a restaurant and bar. See, that's that's one of the things that is cool about the Disney one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Adventurers Club, or at least it was when it was on Downtown Disney before they shut down all the bars in that area. Um, but like they had like animatronic tiki masks oh, and stuff like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, maybe they should get some some talking tiki birds in there. You should talk to them about it. I'll, yeah, I'll do that. Maybe I, you could probably take over the company. No. <laughs> I'm good with just having a mai tai. <laughs> My fantasy room is right next to tons of shoe stores. With so much to choose from, no two fantasies are ever the same. Reserve a great deal on yours. West Edmonton Mall's Fantasyland Hotel. You just can't imagine. Well, so far, everything that we've talked about has been in the United States. Uh-huh. And while what the next one that I'm going to talk about is still in North America, it is in the great white yonder <laughs> the of, great right north yep of canada oh nice so um in uh in edmonton alberta canada there is the largest mall in north america bigger than mall of america oh dude this mall is five million three hundred square feet it has over 800 stores and certain services including nine attractions, two hotels, and over 100 dining venues in the in complex. In Edmonton? Yes. Random. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess not. no more random than having the biggest mall in America in Minneapolis. Yeah. But. Well, so at first I was like, 
it makes total sense, right? Because Edmonton Mall well, makes sense. Just Canada in general. They got. I'm sure there's like a lot of space up there. It's cold. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's cold, and and so what do you got to do? What are you going to do when it's cold outside? You're going to hang out inside of a mall, right? There you go. Or inside something. Hey, I'm down with it. So this mall has water parks. It has roller coaster theme uh, attractions as well. Uh, but also inside this mall is the Fantasyland Hotel. Okay. All right. So the the roller coaster attractions area of this mall used to be called Fantasyland. Mm. And then they got sued by Disney. Uh, and so uh, they wound up changing it to... Uh, galaxy land <laughs> and so totally uh, not fantasy land yeah. land <laughs> um and so uh, they had this like big court battle and they changed it in in uh 95 to galaxy land uh and so um uh, but the hotel is still okay to be called fantasy land for some reason um but uh the fantasy land hotel is so awesome so this hotel has over 355 guest rooms. So it's like half the size of your Nickelodeon one, okay? Because uh, it was 777 is what, what that one had. I looked it up after we talked about it. And um, so out of 355 guest rooms, it has uh, 120 of these rooms are themed rooms. And they have regular themed rooms and then also luxury themed rooms. But... Um, these rooms are so amazing. So there are, uh, you have a modern Polynesian room. Oh, so this hotel is not one, one unifying theme. No. It is all different themes. Yep. Oh, and, and they 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 just it's so many different things. And like some of these rooms, I guess I, I think most of them have like the bathtub is in the living area. Like there's no walls. So some of them have it, but like, like the Polynesian one, like that bathtub, like it's all rock face behind it and stuff like that. So it's like you're in a lagoon and then like, there's like leaves on the floor going to your bed, you know? So it's like, it's really cool. It's like a bunch of wood and stuff like that. Uh, They have a Roman room uh, and the Roman room has like a lot of like red, like red suede and like uh, columns and marble and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. The space rooms are awesome. So like uh, the space rooms have like um, these TV screens that show like, like they're, they're supposed to be like windows to space. Right. And so like you have like, you know, a moon surface outside your window and then like earth behind it and stuff. And then they have like a regular bed, but then like bunk beds that are like little space pods that you get into. That's cool. You know, when we were researching this episode, one of the ones that I looked up because I thought it was a themed hotel, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Do you remember in Las Vegas, they had the star Trek experience? Yes. Uh, they also did it in order in, in Tampa at the museum of science. Yeah. That, that was an attraction. Um, but I thought it was because it was in a casino. I thought it was part of the hotel Mm -hmm. and I thought it was, I mean, what you're describing basically is what I was thinking it would be a part of it where you could pretend like you're staying on a spaceship Uh and looking out into the, into the outer space. That'd be awesome. Yeah. This, uh, so I'll I'll burn through some of these really quick. Hollywood is, you know, there's a, a dancing pole in that one. Um, and then like, keep it classy, some weird art. You have a modern igloo, so like everything's all white and blue, and then ice, like it's all like frosted and stuff okay. like that. Um, 
So earlier I said modern Polynesian. They also have just regular Polynesian, which is like is a little bit more kitschy uh, looking. Uh, you have a Western one. You have an Imperial one. Um, so the Imperial one, uh, like is, Imperial Japan? No, it's like like um, print like a castle. Like, oh, okay. Like princesses and stuff like that. Um, you have a truck one. What? Where it's like the the light the light in the center of the room is a traffic light, and your bed is the bed of a truck and stuff. You know that they had some some redneck American that was like, <laughs> "Give me the truck room." You have um, an African one, which is like basically like a safari type of thing. Uh, you have a Victorian coach uh, where the bed is the coach. Um, you uh, also have uh family uh family polynesian family igloo but there's also a secret room uh and it's not, I don't well, it's not very secret now oh well, yeah i'm breaking it <laughs> you heard you heard it here folks you heard it here first folks i got some documents talking about these new uh these new secret rooms um so let me see it's not one of their oh, it's not one of their superior rooms um I, I, you're really building it up here i know i i just i <laughs> <laughs> so there is um I'm trying to remember what it was. It recently changed. Uh, so the um, do you, do you, do you get their newsletter? No, I, I just I, I'm doing some research on this. I saw it. Yeah, I, I don't. So I don't even see this on their. It on was their there. Website. Now it's gone. No, Brian. no, because it was. It's only one room. Oh, okay. There's not because like these rooms they have multiple of these rooms, but there's only one of this other room, and this other room is. Oh, there it is. I found it. It is the pirate room. Uh, it says rooms on here, but when I did my research, it, they said it was only it was like room four thirty eight or something like that. <gasps> and so, uh, so the pirate room is dope. It is. It is. It has like a king size bed in it, and it has like a cloth like like canopy to it, right? Uh-huh. So like it like it's like what the captain's quarters bed would be, okay. right? Uh, but then there's also a pirate ship that is a bunk bed um, in this room as well, but you can't have a ship inside of your ship. So the room is, is set up in a way where it's like broken. And so like the captain's quarters has broken off of the ship and okay. it's next to this other pirate ship. Um, and, uh, it's cool. Like they have a, a statue of, it's probably not, not officially him, but they have a statue of captain Jack Sparrow in it. Mm. Uh, and then in the shower, there is like a mermaid, like from the um, front of a pirate ship or whatever of a ship from that time. But in this room, you have a window that overlooks one of the water parks. Uh, it, it overlooks the wave pool from the water park in the, in the mall. And so um, I guess you can't see up into it from out there. It's probably like one way glass or whatever, but uh, it's pretty cool looking. Like, the wa- the carpet in this room is like looks like water and stuff like where it has broken apart or whatever. It's it's a really neat. I've got to see a picture of this. I got to look this yeah, up. So, but um, they really went above and beyond for the for these rooms. What I, you know, all the previous hotels we talked about, you know, they had different attractions and they had some artwork and stuff and they had some use of color and things. But mm-hmm. they're mostly just regular rooms, right. you know, or suites that people can experience. What I wonder is how many times people have gone to those fantasy rooms uh-huh. and maybe had a little too much fun the night <laughs> and they wake up <laughs> and have a nightmarish wake up call. Where am, Where I? am I? What century am I in? And how did I get here? Yeah. the um, So one of the videos I saw, uh, 
so they might just do this for anybody. Someone just walked up and said, Hey, I'm a, I'm a vlogger. And I was wondering if you had any rooms that I could show off for my vlog and the hotel manager or whoever at the front desk was like, yeah, sure. We have some rooms open. And he just like took her to him and let her walk around and just shoot these rooms. So, um, it, like if you're ever in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, uh, and you're at this mall, like, I want to go to this mall so bad and stay in this hotel because these rooms are so awesome. And it's not just like, it's just these themes rooms. They also have three tiers of these themes. You have the theme rooms, the luxury theme rooms, the executive rooms, I guess four tiers and the superior rooms. And so like, they just get bigger and more lavish and more detail basically the, the more you spend. Um, but look, it'll be no sweat. You, you, you travel to the border customs and border patrol agents stop you and say, <laughs> where are you going? What do you have business? And you say, look, I just want to stay in a pirate ship. <laughs> I heard that they have great pirate ships yeah. in Canada. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Welcome to Canada, sir. <laughs> but yeah, like uh I, I just I just think it's really cool. Like the whole mall is is pretty awesome and, and you know, I, I know that I've talked to you before about this, Preston, about how uh the original concept of the mall was that people w- it was basically a town square. Mm-hmm. People lived in the mall and then they shopped and ate and stuff like that. It was just an indoor town square uh, where you lived and, and, and communed with other people. And so like this mall in Canada is that experience almost. Yeah. And when you get bored of one, you just go to a different room and then you have a whole new experience. I know. Like think about how many people probably, how much money people spend staying like tonight. I want the jungle room tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow. I wonder if it's like the, you know, the, the bars that have the beer card checklist uh-huh. where yes. you, you, you have a little card they give you that you just get stamped or punched whenever you stay in a different room. And if you fill it all up, you get a, a bonus night in the, in the suite. And then you find out that there's one even more secret than the, uh, yeah. than the pirate ship. So <laughs> very good. I got to put Canada on my uh, destination list. The Comac Motor Inn. Your fantasy getaway. The Red Room's heart-shaped waterbed. The Disco Room's flashing lights. Dripped away in a giant round waterbed. Or just relax. In the love tub. For something excitingly different, come to the Comac Motor Inn. The Comac Motor Inn, your fantasy getaway. Well, those are some really, really good choices. You know, when we were researching this, I specifically looked for some stuff, and there was more than I knew were out there, Uh but there were also some holes that I thought that are really missed opportunities. I really, really, really want to see a horror-themed hotel, and there's a couple out there that call themselves that, but it really is just kind of, I don't know, a goth hotel or something, which... You know, the walls are painted black and there's like, I don't know, lace and stuff. It's really weird. I mean, that's just my house. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but I want one that looks like I'm staying in a the Vincent Shining. Price movie. Okay. Well, you can actually stay at the Shining Hotel yeah, or yeah. you at least could. It was a real hotel. Right. But um, no, I want something that looks truly gothic. Uh-huh. Looks like you're staying in Frankenstein's cast or something. Um, but I mean, I guess I can see why that's not a huge thing because people don't necessarily want to wake up in a nightmare land. I don't know, dude. You could, so let's say I know Nickelodeon, I know Universal doesn't own Nickelodeon, but let's say they turn that Nicktoons hotel into the Universal Monsters Hotel. Dude, I would be down. I just heard that they're building a Universal Monsters land in Universal Studios, though. Nice. I gotta send you the link to that. So I will be there for that and if they have an adjoining hotel Mm -hmm. tied to that, 
I'll be there for it. Anything you uh you missed? So there was a so so this topic uh themed hotels is very easily to find just like really strange hotels like bubbles in the middle of the forest that mm-hmm. you know or or like these balls in the middle of these trees and 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 you know uh but I did find this one that is uh I thought it would be cool because there is like the process of making like craft beer and stuff like that is is interesting and with the how popular that has become there is actually a hotel uh, i think it was around chicago um but they it is a craft brewery but also a hotel and your hotel room has like taps in the wall and stuff Whoa. like that and so you could i think that'd be a really cool hotel i think you got to sign a waiver to stay <laughs> at that hotel for sure man well uh i got, i learned of a few things today uh, especially researching for some of these hotels. And I'm sure we've missed a few. So if you have your favorite themed hotel that we didn't get to talk about, shoot us an email. We're waybackattackshow at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at wayback underscore attack on Twitter. Um, and then you can, you can, uh, where you can find me on Twitter uh-huh. at squared stiff. Where can they find you, Brian? At B E Grantham. And then you can, um, if you can do me a solid, let me hear you. Leave some feedback for us. Leave, leave rate, rate us on your uh, app that you listen to us on, uh-huh. and just leave a comment. I don't care if it's bad or not. I would prefer good ones, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Give me some of that feedback. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear what we're doing well, what you like to hear more of, or what you want to hear less of. That that really helps us guide the show because we want you guys to be entertained, and we want to do stuff that we think is fun as well. But yeah, give us some feedback and it helps people find us on those podcast apps. So we really appreciate it. And also, if you can just tell a friend. Tell a friend. And then, you know, just just enjoy it while you're listening to it. And if you like it, let us know. You know, you that's could, basically what we're saying. What you could also do is get like a giant boombox. Uh-huh. And I bet I bet nowadays there's boomboxes with Bluetooth and just sync it to your phone and then just blast the, the podcast while you're walking oh, around yeah. in a public People place. People love that. Or get one of those Atari speaker hats <laughs> and just walk around <laughs> blasting the podcast that way. All right. Full circle on that one. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah.